today, Little Rock Public Radio, this is the art scene. I'm Daniel Breen. It's safe to say that we're all dreaming about the future right about now, the future where things seem somewhat back to normal. Whether it's going to see a movie, a concert, or even a stand-up comedy set, we could all use a laugh or a great performance to put our collective mind at ease. And that's exactly what the University of Arkansas Pulaski Technical College is trying to do. Their second Charts Live season kicks off in January with 10 shows from a variety of big-name talents. Names like Ani DeFranco, Bobby McFerrin, and Little Rock Nine member Minnie Jean Brown Tricky are but a few that'll grace the stage at UAPTC's Center for Humanities and Arts in North Little Rock. This week, we speak with Shannon Boshears, the college's Vice Chancellor of Advancement and Executive Director of the UAPTC Foundation. She tells us how the season came about and how they've had to adapt to a changing landscape to ensure the safety of patrons, students, and performers. just ask you about charts sort of where where did that come about um you know certainly UIPTC has had some sort of humanities and uh, arts programming and everything since its inception but I guess what, what how did that come about into what we know as charts now sure when uh when I came here uh to UA Pulaski Tech they were just in the middle of building this uh, wonderful new Center for Humanities and Arts on our campus, which was a, it's an 80, it's a 90,000 square foot building and houses all of our uh, arts and humanities classes. And within it also, uh, they had a um, wonderful theater set up with a um, um, orchestra pit, uh, it's about 450 seats. Um, wonderful theater, uh, the infrastructure, uh, backstage, and everything was just first class. Um, we also had an art gallery um, that is uh, just off the lobby that is now the Wingate Art Gallery, thanks to a, a wonderful gift from the Wingate Foundation in assisting us with getting our charts efforts off the ground. So we, we had this wonderful uh, building for all of our students. And then we also have this uh, really great theater and art gallery that we were not gonna only get to use for our students and our campus, but to also uh, let the community enjoy it as well. So it was kind of born there. Uh, we initially started, uh, I believe our first concert there was funded out of our foundation as a fundraiser to kick uh, the opening of the building off. Uh, we brought Mavis Staples in uh, kind of as our opening week um, for the charts building. We had an entire week of events and she was our uh, inaugural concert, which was fantastic. If you've never seen Mavis Staples, she's, she's amazing. Uh, so it kind of was born there and we realized we had this wonderful theater that we were going to be able to Kind of engage uh, with the community uh, with and we started just programming very slowly at that point getting our feet wet and learning about the business and then we realized that we could really turn this into something more formal and that's that's what we did we created our very first full season last year 
Um, so it was 12 full um, performing arts events in addition to several uh, national exhibits in our Wingate Gallery. So now we're in the middle of our, well, we're just starting our second uh, full uh, annual season. Well, of course, with COVID hitting, that's kind of pushed everything out into next year. And it's kind of a pivot as we move forward and, and adjust as, as we find necessary to keep everybody safe at this time. Before we do talk about this uh, this upcoming season, I, I guess I am just curious. Sort of uh, this the last season you mentioned it was your first. I mean that that has to be kind of a daunting task to uh, you know have this brand new space and uh, sort of the expectations of all the students and the, uh, the, the alumni and just the, the greater public in Little Rock is to you know bring this full season of pretty cool performances. I, I guess I was just wondering how you navigated that. Sort of what were your uh, was your decision-making process like of choosing, you know, which shows are, are going to be when and, you know, why, why bring Mavis Staples, <laughs> things like that? Right. Well, um, you know, initially, since we were funding it out of the foundation, um, we, we kind of just chose somebody that we felt uh, would uh, represent uh, and appeal to a whole lot of demographics for us um, from the community. You know, we have so many different different demographics that we try to program for. So you'll see a very diverse lineup with what we offer. Um, you know, from younger students to older donors. Um, so it just kind of runs the gamut. But uh, eventually we set up a charts advisory council that consists of um, donors, uh, students, faculty, staff, uh, it's open to the public. Anybody that wants to attend our meetings, we meet twice uh, per semester. And we bring ideas, uh, programming ideas to the council. We present those ideas and we kind of get feedback um, from different people. Um, you know, and, and, and we have a lot of people bring ideas to the table that we've never even thought of. So we try to, you know, get everybody's input on what uh, they think would be best uh, for us to present in our theater and in our galleries. And we take polls um, throughout the year for all of our students. Um, and, you know, of course, a lot of people, you know, they say they want to see like Bruno Mars and things like that. But, uh, you know, we have to keep it within our limits, our budgetary limits. Uh, we wish we could bring that in, but uh, probably not going to happen. Um, so, you know, we, we try to get as much uh, input from everybody as possible. And, and I think you'll see that reflected in our programming. It's just, uh, you know, just from, you know, this upcoming year, we have everything from uh, Leah Salonga, who's a Broadway star, uh, won Tony Awards, um, all the way to say, uh, well, we have uh, Minnie Jean Brown Tricky and her daughter Spirit Topic, who's uh, Minnie Jean is uh, one of the Little Rock Nine, and they'll be doing a presentation, which is very important for us. Um, it's an intergenerational conversation about activism. So, uh, you know, we we really like to play a part in, in giving platform uh, to people and you know, uh, being a part of those conversations that community and the world's having. So uh, we have a, you know, that's actually a free event, so you know we'd like as many people to attend as possible.
I think that is a, a good place to start. I know it's not the beginning of the season, but of course, you know, uh, Minnie Jean Brown Tricky and, uh, and her daughter Spirit as well, you know, that's, it's sort of one of those kind of rare things that, you know, when you, you live in central Arkansas, it's like, you know, every now and then we do get to hear from one of the Little Rock Nine and it's sort of like this, you know, rare glimpse into, into our past and history and things like that. But uh, it's kind of like a, a, you know, it has to be sort of a traumatic thing for them to sort of relive that. I guess, uh, was it, um, how, how was the process of reaching out to uh, Minnie Jean Brown and, and her daughter? Was that, were they sort of receptive from the get-go to, uh, to do this and talk about activism? Well, absolutely. You know, I had actually seen an article somewhere where they were um, speaking at some different colleges. So I, I just immediately reached out. I actually know um, Minnie Jean's sister, Phyllis Brown, reached out to her and I said, I would love to have them here. And she said, call them. So, you know, we shot them an email and they were said, you know, absolutely. So um, we're, we're just, thrilled to have them on board here. So uh, looking really uh, forward to having them here and, and hosting that event. And uh, I guess before we do talk about the uh, individual shows, uh, was there any particular show that is in this upcoming season that either uh, you really fought for, you were really excited about, wanted to bring, or maybe that there was sort of like a groundswell of, like you mentioned, students and uh, alumni, you know, those, those stakeholders who provided their input, was there any sort of like prevailing uh, one particular show that people were, were really jazzed about? Well, there are a couple of shows that we've been working on for a couple of years, you know, that these are, uh, it's, it's kind of a long process, uh, getting some of these people to, to commit um, and work around everybody's schedule to make that happen. Uh, one of those was Bobby McFerrin, um, you know, and, and come to find out, this is really interesting, his, uh, his father, um, I believe he's from DeWitt. He is in the Arkansas Black Hall of Fame and he was a famous opera singer. And I had no idea until, you know, I was talking with some of them and I uh, actually, um, one of the ladies is on our uh, committee and she said, yeah, yeah, you know, he's in the Arkansas Black Hall of Fame. And I had, I had no idea who his dad was and looked that up. So, um, you know, this is bringing in Bobby McFerrin. We'll have some kind of partnership with the Black Hall of Fame and, and making this happen when he comes here because, you know, that would just be uh, kind of full circle bringing that back home, I think. So, uh, you know, he's he's extremely famous and, and I just think he's going to be a fantastic uh, show for us here and we're, we're honored to have him here. Um, another one that, that, uh, that I think is going to be very interesting is going to be the Jane Lynch, uh, Kate Flannery show. And with her, uh, with her schedule, you know, she's extremely busy on TV and, and movies and things. Uh, it was hard to finally get her schedule, but we did get her schedule. And uh, the funny thing about that is she's our chancellor's doppelganger. And so we will, uh, <laughs> Dr. Uh, Margaret Ellaby, uh, a lot of people compare her, to, uh, looks like Jane Lynch. So we're going to have her uh, introduce her that night. And uh, so we'll see, but that should be some fun. We'll have fun with that. But, uh, you know, we, we just, from, from Ani DeFranco um, to Sleep at the Wheel, you know, from singer-songwriter to Country Swing, um, and then we have uh, some comedy lineups this year that, that, that'll be really great. I was very excited to, uh, to see uh, Jane Lynch and Kate Plannery, of course, and that's kind of, again, such a rare thing for, for Arkansas. You don't get too many 
two woman shows of uh, comedic stylings uh, here in the Central Arkansas area. Um, yeah, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that I think is important, I try to bring people here to, to our community that I've never seen here before or that haven't been here in a really, really long time. Um, so, and I think everybody on our list is either they'll be first time appearances in Central Arkansas or, you know, like John Mayall, for instance, legendary blues icon, John Mayall and the Blues Breakers. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen him perform here. Maybe he has, but it's been probably 20, 30 years since he has. So I, I think it's fun to bring people that, that, you know, no, nobody's ever had an opportunity to see here in this, this area. Now I'm born and raised here. So my memory goes back somewhat, uh, you know, so these are, these are great opportunities for us all. Listening to the art scene from UA Little Rock Public Radio, I'm Daniel Breen. We're speaking with Shannon Boshears, Vice Chancellor of Advancement at the University of Arkansas Pulaski Technical College. She's giving us a sneak peek of the upcoming Charts Live season, featuring 10 live shows at their campus in North Little Rock, running from January to May. interesting thing about the season and I guess maybe the, the charts live series as a whole really is um, it's it's less of sort of like a, a performance I, I guess I don't know the exact word for it but it, it's not like a series of plays it's not you know there are shows but it really is just a showcase of, of talents really it's just you know bringing these these people who like you said may have never been here maybe it's been a, a, a long time since they've been here and just you know exposing the the creative public like i said earlier to them uh was that sort of an intentional uh decision with the programming process to say you know let's let's not just have some plays or some musicals or shows put on but let's you know really showcase the talent of these people well i, I think we try to do a little bit of everything you know we the infrastructure that we have could probably put on a broadway play um because we have this an enormous stage and, and backstage area. But, you know, we, we only have about 450 seats. So financially, we can't make that happen, even though physically we probably could. So, um, you know, we, we'd like to try and do some types of uh, comedy or plays. And a lot of those really large plays are kind of out of our, uh, you know, financial reach and bringing those in and trying to make a return on that money, even though we'd like to. So we try to do some smaller things like we have this potted potter, uh, which is a two man play that's coming up this year. That is, uh, they do seven uh, Harry Potter books within 70 minutes. And so I think, uh, you know, there, there's so many uh, different age variations of Harry Potter, you know, from kids to older people. I know we all love them. So I think that'll be really popular with a lot of people. But so when we, you know, trying to do a Broadway type um, experience, um, you know, we, we have to kind of scale it back a little bit. Now, like the Leah Salonga, for instance, you know, she 
she was Miss Saigon. She won the Tony for uh, Miss Saigon. And um, she was the uh, voice of Disney princesses in these animated movies that everybody is, is familiar with. So uh, getting her to come here, she is, um, you know, if you're, if you know anything about the Broadway world, she's, she's at the very top. So having her here is a real coup for us to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, uh, we're open to any ideas. If we think our uh, students and in our community are going to like something, we're, we're open to bring that in. You know, that's from uh, any kind of dance to, to music, to, to plays, to comedy. So um, we just, we throw it all out there and, and see how the uh, schedule ends up. You know, sometimes we're kind of at the mercy of their scheduling um, as well, you know, as ours. Um, but part of our charts uh, offerings is we do partner with a lot of uh, local nonprofits um, for them to bring in um, and, and, and use our facilities uh, in part of their uh, experiences. For instance, <clears throat> the Oxford American brought in Lucinda Williams and did a show a couple of here, uh, couple years ago here. So, you know, we, we love to be able to offer ourselves to the community for people that align with our mission. And um, so we have a lot of people like the Thea Foundation and the Kansa take part in, in those experiences as well. Yeah, and I, I know just recently uh, the Charts uh, Theater has been uh, home to a few uh, symphony concerts, of the concerts of the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. Is that, uh, is that, is that also uh, continuing this, uh, this season? Well, uh, we, we've done the Arkansas Symphony Youth Orchestra um, and, uh, and the Symphony Orchestra has been in the pit here before um, with another performance. I believe that was an Opera in the Rock performance about three years ago. But we are um, one of the main homes of Ballet Arkansas. And um, so Ballet Arkansas performs at, at our theater and the only one in central Arkansas they perform at, other than us, um, is Robinson. And so that really says a lot for our facilities. Uh, we were going to do some more shows with them this fall. However, unfortunately, those have been pushed um, into next year. Um, but we have a wonderful partnership with them and, and do um, majority of their programming here. So we're, we're really honored to have them on board because they're such a top-notch organization and so well-respected. So we're, we're happy to be able to host them as much as we do. Um, but, you know, we, I mean, like I said, Opera in the Rock, uh, Ballet Arkansas, um, Thea Foundation, uh, Women's Foundation, we just, we've had uh, a lot of people here and they all really, really uh, enjoy our facility. And we're happy for that. And I think we did just briefly touch on all of the uh, the shows in the upcoming season, but uh, I think we, you did mention Broadway earlier. Um, you are bringing Broadway somewhat to the stage in uh, Broadway's ne next hit musical is the uh, <laughs> yeah. second show of the season. It is described on your website as a cross between Whose Line Is It Anyway and the Tony Awards. So I was uh, just wondering if you could go a little a little more in depth on that because that is, that is a very intriguing concept. Okay, so 
you know, we go and we, we go to these conventions and we get to see a whole lot of showcases uh, once or twice a year. And up in New York, uh, Broadway's next hit musical was one of the showcases we got to go see. And out of all the showcases I saw there, this was the most fun. It was just such a blast. It's a cast of, I believe there were six or seven people total in the cast. And it's complete improv. You go in there and they, they have you write down the title of a song that you make up. You just make up the title of the song. And they go through every card in the audience and they pick out that title. And they actually, they kind of build an entire Broadway play musical around that title. And so they start with the song and they, they build out the, the act and then they take a break and they come back and every actor, they do a complete Broadway play built around this song title. And it is, these guys, they're as good as they get. They are just, they're the best. And it, it is just hysterical. Uh, it's really one of the best ones I've seen personally. And I said, we have to have these guys down here. So uh, it, it's gonna be really amazing. Yeah, definitely something to uh, to look forward to. And as you mentioned, sort of discovering this in your in your uh, travels in your in your search for new shows. I guess what what are you looking towards for next season and seasons uh, in the future? Uh, and sort of what are you looking to bring here? And how are you going to go about that? How do you where where do you think you'll find the, the next inspiration for the next season of Charts Live shows? That's a great question. You know, we're, we just set up our next uh, meeting for our Charts Advisory Council. And I think that we've had so many changes this year. We had everything scheduled for fall and then we had to push it out and we just got through our announcement. And I haven't even thought about next year yet. Um, I think because we have so many things still that we have to contend with moving forward into the spring. But, uh, you know, like I said, uh, bringing experiences here that we've never had before, um, I think are, are going to be great. I, you know, I, there's a lot of stuff out there that we haven't done that we wanted to do this year, like some uh, National Geographic Live um, uh, talks, bringing in their speakers. Uh, we had some stuff that we had to kind of let go of because we, we had to scale our, our our season back a little bit because of COVID. But there are a lot of things out there that are very educational that, that I look forward to bringing in um, that we'll get to do more of. And so I think you'll, you'll see more of those come as we get back into um, kind of back to where we were uh, pre-COVID. Um, so some experiences like that. And in fact, we also had last year a National Theater Live which was a broadcast we did once a month um, from, uh, it was live theater broadcast from uh, London. And those were really, really popular. Um, so we, we weren't able to do that this year again, but we'll bring that back again next year as well. Because um, those are, those are uh, on screen. We have a huge, huge uh, movie screen at our theater. So we're able to show these these films and uh, so we were able to show these, these uh, plays that, that are productions that people would never get to see in our lifetime probably on our screen uh, and it's such a huge screen it looks like it's almost on our stage but so yeah with the screen we've had lots of uh, documentaries and things like that here 
So um, I think we look forward to a lot of more educational opportunities as well. Definitely exciting. And, um, you know, and, and it is commendable, you know, I guess you could say that, that you are going through this season, going forward with it, and you've managed to put together such an impressive package of shows. I think, you know, of course, the, the question is, you know, if, if you are planning to go to these shows, what will be different? You know, of course, we are in this, in this new time, and you've had to uh, shift the entire season uh, in and of itself. But uh, just what else have you all had to, had to do to, to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, not only have, have we had to shift our season forward, we've had to make um, huge changes um, in the venue in order for us to even get the events approved by the Arkansas Department of Health. Um, even though they're saying that uh, facilities can have 66% capacity right now, uh, we're not even able to do that. In order for us to uh, keep uh, six feet distance from people. We've slotted our theater off into different little pods from anywhere from two seats to five or six seats that you can purchase um, depending if you want to come with you know your people that you spend a lot of time with or comfortable in, in being with a five or six pod section uh, with. Um, so in order to do that we've had to really scale back just our seating. Um, in addition um, we're prepared to do everything from screening for temperature checks um, to having face masks, of course, hand sanitizer, um, and practicing uh, all kinds of new ways of bringing people into the auditorium. Um, you know, even just handing will call tickets to people. We'll have to abide by, you know, a lot of new, very stringent uh, rules. Uh, going forward into that. So, you know, that could tighten up more or could get more uh, relaxed by January. We don't know. But we'll, we'll just monitor as we go and make adjustments as we need to. And um, so, you know, we're prepared to do those things uh, as everybody's having to um, uh, change their, their rules and regulations and policies to keep people safe um, and to come in and doing these things. And, and there's still people that won't be ready to come out in public, totally understand that. And, um, you know, we'll just have everything ready for them next year when hopefully things will be back to normal a little bit. Um, so yeah, whatever we need to do, we'll, we'll be doing it. It'll be all hands on deck and, and making sure everything's safe for our faculty, staff, students, and and the talent as well that we bring in. You know, we're, we're always open to suggestions for programming. You can always uh, check us out on our social media, Facebook page, um, UA Pulaski Tech Center for Humanities and Arts, uh, Instagram as well. But if you have ideas, send them our way because we're always open for ideas. Um, we take all the suggestions we can, we can get. So, so bring it on. That was Shannon Boshears, Vice Chancellor of Advancement at the University of Arkansas Pulaski Technical College, speaking about the upcoming Charts Live season, featuring 10 shows at their Center for Humanities and Arts on their campus in North Little Rock. The season kicks off January 6th with actresses Jaden Lynch and Kate Flannery, with the final show featuring blues musicians John Mayall and Walter Trout set for May 6th. 
More information is available online at charts.uaptc.edu. And that's our show for this week. Please tune in next week at the same time. I'm Daniel Breen, and The Art Scene is a presentation of UA Little Rock Public Radio.